behind the vinyl is back. It's me, Nicholas, and um, the Australian guy. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I'm chewing some really weird candy here. Fucking post-Easter, man. I might lose a tooth. Lots of candy still floating around. Oh, that's for sure. Uh, today we're talking about an album that came out in 1982. March 22nd? Yes. Uh, one of my first albums, I think. Mm. Um, one of my first like metal albums that I got into. Um, How old were you then, man? So like 10 years old or something you would have been? 11 years old? 17. 17? <laughs> Fuck you, that old. <laughs> I have to be, I was 11. Okay. Mm, fifth grade, I think. Because I remember um, we did this, um, like my class did a, a show for, for the parents. Mm-hmm. And um, the album we're talking about is, is Number of the Bees by Iron Maiden. And um, it was me and um, I think four other friends. Uh, we did like a playback show and we played, um, I remember, I think we did like Run to the Hills. Mm-hmm. I was a drummer. Oh, really? Okay. Wearing a weird cap, some weird shorts. I had like a bass drum, a cymbal, and a um, a tom-tom or something like that. Right. And um, we did Run to the Hills, I think one more song, and then we ended it with Hallowed Be Thy Name. Right, okay. And our teacher faded it because it went on too for, for long. And I didn't think the uh, parents would uh, appreciate it. <laughs> but I remember I just I just recently found a photo from that. Really? A friend of mine had it. Yeah. Oh, it that's really, pretty cool. That was really, really cool, too, because yeah. too, I remember it. I remember a good old buddy of mine. He was the singer. He was Bruce Dickinson. And he had these checkered pants, black and white, right. that his grandma had made for him. <clears throat> and I thought they were so incredibly cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember asking if she'd be able to make those kind of pants for me. Never happened, but I I remember that. I thought those pants looked so cool, so unbelievably cool. So he had those checkered pants and had like a denim vest on them. Yeah. All right. He looked the most metal of us all. Love it. Mm. <clears throat> so you're a big Maiden fan? Well, Maiden was Maiden along with ACDs and Kiss. I think were those three bands that really got me into music, and um, and around that time, I think uh, around eighty one, eighty two is when uh, me and my friends started listening to um, to records and getting into bands. And Iron Maiden definitely up there. We loved Number of the Beast. We yep. played that sucker day out and day in. Um, and to this day, I still think it's my favorite album, but that's also that whole nostalgia thing connected to it. Yeah, I think, I think like anything, your entry into a band or entry into music, you know, is very defined for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Um, Power Slave was the, was the big one where I entered Iron Maiden. That was really... 1984. Yeah, exactly. So it was maybe, um... Maybe peace of mind, which was mm. which followed this record a mm. little bit. I can remember that. I can remember buying the record. I can remember the gatefold. Oh yeah. But I can remember Power Slade being the big one, and they toured Australia on the back of that. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and that was the big one. And and, and I kind of flip flop between Number of the Beast and Power Slade being what I think is the 
ultimate Iron Maiden record. Okay, right, yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but this definitely, the number of the beast is without a doubt a fucking game changer. You know, there was a documentary that came out many years ago, part of the classic album series. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which did number of the beast and, uh, you know, just faultless, you know, the, the, the band's performance in it. Yeah. I think also that's got to be like one of the first times that I that I see the numbers 666 mm. and and not really realizing what it was I did not know what the number of the beast was um and all that and you had the the cover really stood out back then as well it was really grim and it you know it looked metal as hell absolutely and uh that kind of uh Made you go for it as well. That whole the whole cover and the uh, and all of that. And then when you found out about six 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 and the devil and you know all that stuff, made it way more intriguing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, absolutely. And back then too, you didn't, you couldn't just Google it. You no, there was such a mystery. I remember yeah, there, yeah. there was the whole and there was a lot of controversy around this record in America, especially. Oh, yeah. You know the, the name of the uh, yeah you know, the name of the album and yeah uh, the. You know the, the name of the song, "Number of the Beast" in six six six, and sure. so on, and Beast obviously carrying through and being used a lot in the Maiden. Yeah, you know, and Eddie, of course. Um, but um, but I can remember Iron Maiden. It was always talk about where the lyrics come from. Oh yeah, you know what what the songs, you know, um, you know how uh, the the topics for the songs, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and it was a. Folklore among the amongst the schoolyard, you know, <laughs> stories. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's for sure. Mm. But I think Number of the Beast. I think the song was based on. Um, I think it is Number of the Beast that Steve Harris had a dream after he'd watched uh, Omen Two. Oh really? Yeah. Fucking great movies too. Anyone check out the original <laughs> Omen movies? Amazing. That's a scary little kid. Scary little kid. Or as I think it's Kramer in Seinfeld who says he's just like a mischievous kid. <laughs> but yeah, no, great movies, especially the first one. Absolutely. Well, let's um, let's crank out some tunes, man. Let's play uh, um, a track from the record, uh, "Children of the Damned." Ooh. of the damned behind the vinyl on pirate rock and we're uh, we're talking about the number of the beast our maiden classic from 1982 um we talked we did um behind the vinyl twisted sister mm. anyone can go back and check out the old behind the vinyls so yeah they're all out there on uh, pirate rocks website yeah um i think they're also coming on a 
on a podcast or I something, think so. they, something like that. I think there's gonna, they're, they're going to be out there so everybody can find them. Absolutely. But I, I had a story about how I missed out on uh, seeing Twisted Sister. Mm. Um, but both myself and my brother, he missed out as well. You're going to see Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden come around that same time. I was too young. He had to choose between Twisted Sister or Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, and he chose Twisted Sister. Um, but I can remember that. And all he got was a lousy T-shirt. And all he got, yeah, absolutely. He got me a girl's T-shirt. Of. But um, but that, again, that was for the Power Slate. But the this was a band coming from this point onwards, you know, this this was the first record of theirs with Bruce Dickinson. Yep. Last, last with Clyde Burr yep. uh, playing drums who, yep. who ultimately ended up dying from... Um, um, was it MS? Was it MS? Or or I, yeah, was, oh, yeah. I MS. can't remember. Something. Uh, a couple of years back. Yeah. Um, the the previous records were with Paul Diano. Yeah. And this was the first real hard rock record for them. The other records were really punk. They were more punk. Um, it, it took me um it took me a long time to get into the first Maiden album and Killers. Um, uh, and I, I just recently, like uh, a year ago, I listened to him again. I hadn't listened to him for years and years, and they're actually really, really good. But they're, they are a, good records, yeah. and they're different. They're so different. That's a different sound and a different band. Um, but no, Number of the Beast really, um, really did it for me. And and also, I, I never saw the first time I saw Maiden was on the No Prayer for the Dying tour or something like that. Um, and they played Sweden. I think they played Sweden for every album they ever did. Um, but I think like I, I was really into Number of the Beasts. I was really into uh, Peace of Mind, also Power Slave. And then after Power Slave, I've kind of lost them. And I found other bands again, and it wasn't yeah. really into Iron Maiden, and never saw them because they played here. I think they played here in with Wasp opening up for them in '84, or whatever it was. I think they had Motley Crue here, right? Yeah, as a support act and stuff like that. Um, but uh, no, it took a long time to go see them, and when I finally see them, I saw them in Gothenburg. Anthrax opened up for them, mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't the greatest show I've ever seen. Right, and uh, and then soon after, Bruce Dickinson left the band, so. Mm. But um, yeah, the the first I saw of them was um, well, I, I saw Bruce Dickinson. I, I worked some shows when when Bruce played, right? Um, after he left, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first time I actually saw Maiden was with uh, uh, Blaze. Oh, with Blaze Bailey. Yeah. All right, that's cool. It, it was cool though. They were actually struggling then. Oh, to uh, say the least, big time. Yeah, mm. but it was still fun to see him. Hell yeah, yeah, and Absolutely. still, uh, still a great band. But this this record. Um, Went number one. It was yep. a massive hit for them. It was uh, the first first number one in the UK for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's gone on to sell, what, like close to 20 million records or something like that? Something like that. I've seen like 10 million copies worldwide or something like that. Yeah, I think it's a bit more than that. Yeah. I, I remember seeing something 15 or 16 million. Somewhere. Oh, okay. It was good. Um, but it's a big record. Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, although it had some great hits and we'll play some later on, Run to the Hills, mm-hmm. Number of the Beast, uh, Hallowed by the Name, by thy name, um, great Iron Maiden songs and and staple metal songs, but they're not mainstream. No, you know, unlike a band like Guns N' Roses, on Metallica, or back in those days, you know, even Ozzy Osbourne or right. something, you know, like that. Um, these were not mainstream by any, you know, way, shape, or the word. No, no, 
Not at all. I also read that that uh, Bruce Dickinson didn't get any credit, didn't get any songwriting credit on the album, even though he worked on several songs because mm. of uh, Samson and, and some contract or whatever it was. He had a contractual agreement with Samson, uh, Samson which is the another new wave of British heavy metal band. Yeah. A good he, band. He actually. was in before. Good band. Yeah. Good band because he was called Brucey Bruce. Yeah, exactly. Back then. Um, and then obviously Iron Man had Diano and they they poached Bruce Dickinson. Yep. Um, but there was a contractual agreement that he wasn't allowed to write songs for right. them. And I don't even think he was allowed to be in the band. Oh, okay. So I got a feeling he might have even started recording right. a little bit in secret. Okay. Um, definitely rehearsing in secret. Right, um, right. Huh. But the, the interesting thing about that is um, – I don't know what I can't remember what songs he played. I think it was actually "Run to the Hills" and maybe "Hallowed by Thy Name" and um, maybe "Children of the Damned" or something like that. Mm. Bruce Dickinson wrote on. Right, right. Um, but I'm wondering whether he, in retrospect, he ended up getting his money. Yeah, for that as yeah. part of a rider. Yeah, you know? interesting. Because uh, I've gone on to sell. Well, he, like we said, he, somewhere between 15 and 20 million records this is sold. Yeah. That's a lot of songwriting credit. That's that, a lot of coin. Absolutely. Um, absolutely it is. So you, you don't want to be giving that away. No, hell no. Hell no. So. And they were work, uh, working with um, Martin Birch, the mm. producer. Mm. And there's always been this funny story that that he had, his, he had to um, get his car fixed and... When he got it back, the bill was for 666 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think Steve Harris has told the story that Martin Birch actually made them change the uh, the bill to 667 pounds. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's really Because he saw it as some kind of omen and, and because of they were recording Number of the Beast and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, wasn't there all weird things like things happening in the studio? I think or, so too. Yeah, I've read yeah. about that. That there were things happening that they couldn't really explain and mm. kind of freaked them out. Yeah, I think things like that you can also you make that happen. As oh, well. of course. You, know, you of course you have a car accident. And yeah. You think, oh my god, it must be because yeah. I was recording. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Whatever record. But Martin Birch, he was with. Uh, he didn't do Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, but no. he, he did Killers. Number of the Beast, yeah, um, peace of peace mind, of mind yep. uh, Power Slave, Love After Death, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, yep. up to Fear of the Duck. Oh, he did, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was his last album, and that was he retired after that. Oh, he did, yeah, because mm. I kind of wonder about that if because yeah. I've never seen his name since. It was always connected to Iron Maiden. Absolutely. Well, he he also did early um, Fleetwood Mac, I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, he did. He also right. did early. Well, he did the Dio era. Uh, he did Rainbow. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Thus bringing forward, he did the Dio era Black Sabbath. Okay, he right. He did Mob Rules, Heaven and Hell. Oh, there we go. Heaven right. and Hell, great record. Absolutely. We should do a behind the vinyl for Heaven oh, yeah. and Hell. Definitely. Um, he did Heaven and Hell. And he, he went up and did all the Maiden up until Fear of the Dark. Um, I can't actually remember who did the other ones after Fear of the Dark. Um but there's a bit of a gap there. But then yeah. Kevin Caveman Shirley comes. Shirley, in. right? Yes. And I think he did. Uh, he did the last record with Blaze. Oh, okay. And has been with them ever since. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my point is, Maiden seems pretty loyal. Yeah. In regards to that, they stick with stick with Martin Birch, and now they've found the Caveman, and they yep. stick with the Caveman. Yep. You know. Yeah. Through all the records and and 
everyone's getting results. Absolutely. Birch got results. Those are those are good sounding records and yep. and sold a lot of records and, and likewise with Kevin Shirley now. Mm. They're making great, great records. Sure. But now they reach a point where they don't really need to uh they don't really need to release records anymore. They can just like tour whatever. However they are. Yeah. I they mean, are releasing records. Yeah. The the last album was uh um, which I've just drawn a blank of what it. Book of Soul. Book of Souls, you know, which was a great record, you know. It was sounds a great like record. Maiden. Yeah, sounds like Maiden. They toured off the back of it for a long time. Yeah. Um, I just recently saw that they 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 sold out a show in South America. I can't remember where it was, and it was like I don't know how many thousands of tickets in under an hour or something. And that show is. I think it's later this year. I think it's in, in, in it's during winter time or something like that. It's way ahead. Right. It's just not doing incredible numbers. Yeah. Um, let's stop talking a little bit. Let's play um let's play another track from the record, Number of the Beast. We're here on Behind the Vinyl and Pirate Rock. This is twenty two Acacia Avenue. <laughs> Is the second part of Charlotte the Harlot? Bit of bang. Mm. Absolutely. Great tune. Great tune. Uh, great artwork. Can you remember the single? Was it even a single? I remember seeing some artwork. I that. think it was. Um, no, I took some notes here, and the only singles I can see is uh, Run of the Hills and Number of the Beast. Okay. Um, but I can remember seeing the artwork. Um, yeah, I think so. Derek Riggs, the. the Artist, um, the Iron Maiden artist, the cre- absolutely the creator of of the Eddie Eddie mascot and all yeah. that. Not anymore though. Not anymore. I, I can't remember what record. When when did that? Was it the second Blaze Bailey one or was it the first Blaze? I can't remember. I just well, I always got the feeling that he was a bit pissed off. I can't remember why. Um, no. I, I don't it think was he, a money issue. I or? think he got bought out. I think yeah. He, yeah, he got bought out. The designs were a buyout. Right. Um, I think. Yeah. Um, which is business. Absolutely. I actually tried to reach out to him to not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent an email, and I think his, I think his daughter answered, or something like, you know, he doesn't do interviews anymore, and he's been uh, misquoted, or something like that. Right. So okay. he doesn't want to do interviews anymore. 
Like, okay, whatever. Either way, the, the artwork was uh, as synonymous with Iron Maiden as their music. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, all, all he did, obviously, all the, all the early ones from the start. And I can remember as a kid always sitting down yeah. and trying to find his signature. Exactly. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, uh, <laughs> Spent hours looking for that one. Hours. It was in the in the pyramid for uh, Power Slave. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think it was in the field somewhere for Number of the Beast. Uh, yeah. It was in one of the gravestones for Live After Death. Exactly. That one I remember sitting there with a, with a buddy of mine just looking for it and um, – um, no, that that turned into a whole thing. Mm. Looking for that for that signature. Looking for his signature, and they were great pieces of art. Yeah, I think. Uh, and um, somewhere in time was the first album where they had all these um, that he had um, made stuff that there were things in that cover that you could connect to uh, maiden songs and and stuff like that but for instance i think there was the road sign for 22 occasions exactly yeah. and there's all kinds of stuff in there that you can spend hours and hours looking at. i think there's I, there's like entire websites dedicated to our maiden covers where you can find all these weird stuff that he's yeah. drawn but um no and and those those album covers and the Maiden logo is something that is so connected to the whole metal community. Absolutely. You see all these, or you used to see all these back patches with, <coughs> with Maiden, Number of the Beast and all that. Well, they're probably the, the back patches, the battle vest. Is a, mm. They're probably, again, synonymous with Maiden mm. more than like... Absolutely. More than Metallica or oh, yeah. more than Slayer, you yeah. know. Um, Definitely, yeah, Maiden are definitely, you know, probably one of the main bands when it comes to it has to be to, to people sporting that, you know. Yeah, and I read, I found out today, and that's still so fascinating that you find stuff today, even though you're a music fan and you're a bit of a music nerd, um, you can still find things today that you um, that you haven't uh, read about before. And today, I found. Uh, wasn't an interview, but it was something about the album number of the bees and about Derek Ricks that the idea of Eddie, or I guess Eddie's head, was based on a head that he saw hanging over the side of a burnt-out Japanese tank in some World War II documentary. And he had actually used um, the head of Eddie, had been used before Armin. He had used it in something else. He'd used it or in something a punk that band. was similar to. I think he'd used it in a punk band. Oh, he did. Okay, the, right. the original Eddie from like uh, the original head of Eddie from like the first Iron Maiden. Right. Yeah. I think either that or it was going to be used in a punk band, and Rod okay. Smallwood found it and went, okay. "Hey, I think that's how the story goes." Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but it definitely wasn't initially intended for Iron Maiden. No. Right. Right. Yeah. Rod Smallwood, who's been with the band from the start. From the start, yeah. Yeah. Still with him to this day. That is fascinating. He's the, the extra member. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, I might not find, uh, should we go on to this or should we play a song? Let's play a song. Let's play the title track for the record, Number of the Beast, and then we'll come back with what I was about to say. Mm. I left alone. My mind was blank. From my mind, I have the power to make my evil take its 
Alrighty, so we're back. That was the number of the beast taken from uh, the number of the beast uh, record by Iron Maiden, released in 1982. Yep. Um, so we talked about Martin Birch being with them for a long time. Um, Yannick Gears, mm-hmm. you know, is in him even though they don't need him. He, right. Uh, they kept a, a third guitarist being Yannick. Yeah. Uh, Rod Smallwood has been with them for a long time. Man. Yeah. You know, a long, long time. Um, they seem to be very loyal. Yeah. So. Um Pretty amazing. I'm always fascinated with Janet Gears because he doesn't seem to play the guitar that much live. <laughs> kind of throws it around a lot. He throws it around, around does a the lot. Splits. Uh, yeah. But a fucking nice dude, man. Really nice. Really nice. I've uh, I've interviewed him twice, actually. In regards uh, to Iron Maiden or in regards to something? No, Iron like- Maiden, yeah. First time was with him and Bruce Dickinson. I thought Bruce Dickinson was a bit of a, uh, I don't know, seemed to be a bit... Off that day. I, <laughs> I, I talk um, Ted Nugent into see Bruce Dickinson when he used to have the six his six music show. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in, in London. So I took Ted Nugent in one night, you know, maybe like 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night. <clears throat> um, that was the meeting of two egos, man. <clears throat> Bruce Dickinson and Ted Nugent and <laughs> neither willing to give in to the other. Right. Um, it was kind of a good interview, but there was a little bit of tension. You could cut the uh, right. Okay. Cut the cut the air, man. Interesting. Mm. But you could also tell. I mean, you could also see that they are quite opposite each other when it comes to uh, absolutely political views and so on. Absolutely. <laughs> but I got to say, like, um, even though we're talking about the number of the beast, Bruce Dickinson has to be one of the greatest frontmen and singers. Yeah. Still going at the moment. Yeah. He, he, the last tour that they did, uh, the Book of Souls tour, when they played Stockholm. Yeah. And I was, heard the whole tour was like this. But yeah. when they played Stockholm, the show was phenomenal. By um, far the greatest I've ever seen Iron Maiden. I think so too. Uh, absolutely. And I was um, just amazed um, by singing. Um to have that voice after all these years, after that cancer thing he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything he, I thought he, he sounded as good now as he did like way back when. Disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen, be careful eating vagina because it will give you <laughs> Bruce Dickinson esque throat cancer. Didn't he later come back and say that he <laughs> he kind of took that back in a way? Well, I don't think he should have because it's kind of true, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 proven. It's true. Yeah. Like uh, Michael Douglas said the same thing. Right, you know he did. He did say the same thing, but it's it's the it's the HVP like um, Eddie Van Halen. <clears throat> he had cancer in his tongue, whatever it was. Yeah, but he had it from smoking cigarettes. Man. No, 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 no. That's what he said. Well, <laughs> maybe he should have ate more vagina. <laughs> I think he got it from Valerie. Got <laughs> <laughs> your Fucking, I can see the headline and blab mouth now. <laughs> Swedish music journalist Nicholas Muller Hansen says Valerie yeah. gives Eddie cancer. He actually said that he got it from uh, holding these metal guitar picks in his hand, in his mouth. Oh, really? Yeah, that's his story. Okay. Yeah, but he smoked a lot. He did. He smoked a lot. Yeah. Always saw him with the cigarette in his hand. Yeah. No, but Bruce Dickinson is um, killer frontman, um, and he really, I think. Um, as we mentioned before with Paul Diano, that, that 
they had a bit more. I think he was a bit more punk. Um, Diano or Diano? Dude, absolutely, and still to this day, you know, struts around and yeah, you know, in the you know, in the jackets and the yeah. bald hair yeah. and but the and and I think he was also um, you know, and I, you read this in his book, The Beast, mm. and also <clears throat> interviews and interviews with um, other people around the camp. I don't think Bruce, I don't think Paul Diano was capable. Of doing what Steve Harris wanted to do, no, and ultimately what Bruce Dickinson yeah. did. It was just the two different. It's like driving a Ferrari and driving a fucking yeah, like yeah. A, a, a old Volvo. Yeah, true. Know? It's just not the way. He's not that kind of a no. singer. And I think he purposely put himself in bad situations so he would be dismissed from the band. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that. yeah. Now Dickinson took him to a whole new level. But I also read that that Martin Birch was um, when they record Number of the Beast that Dickinson got really pissed off at Martin Birch also because he really demanded um, a better take and a better take and a better take. They recorded yep. all the songs over and over again. And there was a story about um, furniture flying through the studio and stuff like that and that Bruce Dickinson got really pissed off. But then later on he said in interviews that <clears throat> Martin Birch was, even though he probably didn't like him at the time he got him to sing his best and they all performed their best in the studio because of all that because he was so demanding in the studio yeah well and the fact like the, the album went on to sell 15 to 20 million yeah. records they had a number one yeah the songs are faultless it's it's a it's one of those you know yeah near faultless records yeah and the fact is they kept working with martin birch until um, yeah Fear of the Dark. So obviously they probably Bruce probably looked back on it and, and said, you know, well, hey, you were right, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And he went on and some of the stuff, like I said, for me, my favorite album from Iron Maiden was still yet to come, you know, with yeah. uh, with Power Slay. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes these people, um, I meaning the artist, um, they're not entirely correct. Like I, I love the creativityness mm. and the flow and you the uh, first cuts of the the best and all that right. kind of stuff, but but clearly Martin Birch, Mutt Lang, yeah, Bob Rock, yeah, you know they see something different, and and you know how can you fault how can you fault Martin Birch right. when he's pushing Bruce Dickinson, pushing Bruce Dickinson, and obviously the the end result is he got the best out of Bruce Dickinson oh, sure. and, and took it to another level yeah. and, and changed them for a UK band into a world. You know, yeah, a, a a world, you know, one of the world's best bands. Absolutely, I think it was around that time, Number of the Beast, or it might have been Peace of Mind, where he got that nickname, the Air Raid Siren, right? Uh, Bruce Dickinson, because of his voice. Um, but no, his his voice is um, it's just one of those amazing voices. He can do these high screams, and and uh, it sounds killer. Uh, it's just amazing that you can still sing like that. After all those albums, after all those tours, all those shows, doing that stuff like night after night, unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's a pilot. And he flies the band. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> it's nuts. Well, um, let's let's um, play Run to the Hills. Probably the, what was it, the, the first single, right? First single taken from the record, released 12th of February yeah. in, uh, in 1982. So it preceded the record. It was, uh, you know, it... it 
It come as first record, first single from the record, but come before the record. Was yeah, released. that's another thing I remember. Um, Run to the hills, run for your lives. I remember as a kid, also I didn't understand that it was um, it was plural. Right. I thought you said run for your life. That's what you heard, and now it was run for your lives. L i v e s. I remember that was a. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. It's surprising what you can learn all these years yeah. later. <laughs> so hang on a sec. Um, run to the hills. Run for your lives, isn't it? Okay. I never even knew. No. I always thought it was run for your life. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Still to this day. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. <clears throat> Alrighty, here is uh, Run to the Hills. Songs that supposedly Bruce Dickinson had a uh, uh, very big hand in writing, un- yeah. uncredited for for reasons because of Samson, as we discussed. Yeah, um, but um, great song, great great song, and still to this day a staple in the Iron Maiden live set. And, oh yeah, and rightfully so. Yeah, and they they did the Beast tour, 184 shows in 10 months. Fuck crazy. Yeah, nuts. Crazy. And this this has to be one of the greatest heavy metal records. Now we're we're not talking rock records. No, um, you know, and and I don't know where Appetite for Destruction sits in. That's probably a rock record. Yeah, or, more of it. Or Van Halen, a rock record. When yeah. we're talking metal records, um, this is right up there with one of the greatest yeah. heavy metal records. Oh yeah, of all time. Absolutely. And it's been like, um, yeah, like there's been parodies of this. This record and this cover, you know. Oh yeah. Um, Sod Stormtrooper. Oh right, Death, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with uh, um, Scott Ian, right, and um, Charlie Bernati from from Anthrax, along with uh, Billy Milano, right, from yeah. Mod, and yeah. um, um, I just drew it, Dan Lilka. Of course, as yeah. well. You know, they have Stormtroopers of Death. Yeah, and their second album was. Um, was was this? Yeah, bigger than the devil. It was called right. And there's a parody, you know. Oh, okay. Of this album cover. All right. Yeah. Cool. So and I also remember that, uh, like Dream Theater, they right. did like all of Number of the Beast on on some tour. Really? Uh, in its entirety. But they've done that with a lot of oh, a lot, lot of them. But they've done that with with Maiden. They've done it. With, I think they've done Master of Puppets. Right. Okay. The whole album, um, and some other albums as well. Right. But those guys are just like you know. Unbelievable musicians, so they can probably do whatever. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it also shows how much um, Iron Maiden meant to these bands. Oh, absolutely. You know, obviously, affected Dream Theater, affected yep. Metallica. Yep. You know, like Hallowed Be Thy Name. We're going to play Hallowed Be Thy Name uh, in a minute. That's you know, there, there's connections between Iron Maiden and Metallica. Mm. You know, uh, through you know, through 
you know, through a lot. You know, yeah. I, I hear a lot of Maiden in Metallica music. Sure. Um, even on Garish Days Re Revisited. Oh, yeah. Um, they played the little intro to, uh, was it Run to the Hills or was it Aces High? Oh, I can't remember now. Um, I think it might be Aces High. They played it. Oh, okay. The, uh, yeah, out of tune. Right, right, out of yeah, key, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or outro and and right in in one of the tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but they were. I mean, Maiden also. I think <clears throat> Maiden influenced a lot of those like German, um, those power metal bands with those like dual guitars and oh, without it and all that stuff. So they had a a great impact on on that whole power metal scene way back. Like any the, any two guitar yeah, band, yeah, I think owes you know owes a meal to Iron Maiden, yeah. and Thin Lizzy, yeah. I think those two bands really created and fine tuned and excels in the dual, you know the the two band. Two oh yeah, band. absolutely, absolutely. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's end it there. Let's uh, end up by playing. A Phenomenal record, mm. um, hallowed by thy name, uh, taken from uh, Number of the Beast. Mm. And uh, this is uh, Behind the Vinyl yep. on Pirate Rock Radio, and we'll see you guys next week for another uh, another show. Definitely. Yeah.